Elvis Preslin is leading the conversation all across South Africa right now. Now, now. Stay tuned to SAFM. Dear, the president signed three new gender-based violence laws aimed at strengthening efforts to curb gender-based violence in South Africa. Nevertheless, how effective have these laws been in fighting gender-based violence since its inception? To discuss this further, we join on the line by Crispin Piri, spokesperson for the Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services. A very good morning to you, sir, and welcome. Good morning, Albert, and good morning to our listeners. Now, the President is signing to law the Criminal Law Amendment Act, the Criminal and Related Matters Amendment Act, as well as the Domestic Violence Act, Amendment Act, that is. What changes have these amendments advanced in the fight against gender-based violence in the country, according to from where you are sitting? We're seeing um, very high sentences being meted out by um, our courts in line with these laws as a result of these amendments. For instance, we know that uh, just six days ago, in the Sikisik, a serial rapist was sentenced to multiple life terms. In, uh, in the Northern Cape, we have uh, six life terms for a father who's, who raped his own uh, daughter. Um, you know, we, we have a number of these um, high sentences we've seen in the last couple of, in the last two days in Abington. Um, a husband was sentenced for contravening a protection order. Um, we're speaking of double life sentences for a, a, a rapist stepfather in Durban. Um, all of these have been documented by the National Prosecuting Authority. So we are seeing, in effect, very high sentences. Maybe one last one I can also give as an example. is an Mpumalanga boyfriend who was sentenced to life and 20 years for imprisonment for killing his girlfriend and raping her. So, indeed, directly we are seeing that the consequences of very high sentences being meted out by our courts for GBV offences. Let's stick with protection orders. We understand that government is piloting a system in a number of provinces that will enable victims of domestic violence to apply for protection orders online. Uh, how has that system worked and, and, and how, how does the process work if, if one wants to apply for, uh, for an order like that? Look, it's still significantly work in progress, uh, particularly in Guadalajara, uh, Weinberg in, in the Western Cape, I mean, Weinberg in Johannesburg, and uh, also Boyson's Magistrate Court in Johannesburg. Um, we also believe there are places in, in, in the Western Cape that are still being piloted. Um, and I, well, might, well, I want to pause it also say that whilst we are piloting this, one of the things that we are aware of is that not everybody is tech savvy. So the aim is to just, at this point, test accessibility of the solution and ensure that it's diversified so that all users um, in the country are able to use it, even those who are not tech-savvy at all. But the, the whole point of this is to ensure that at any point where domestic violence occurs at any time of the day, we have services which are remotely ac- um, accessible to people so that they're able to apply for these online. And the idea is that you'll be able to apply for it online um, after, after logging onto a particular website, which is given to our pilots currently, and then they'll be able to um, hit up with a particular court. And instead of going directly to the court yourself, you will then be able to apply, at least from a remote location online. So the pilot is still in progress. Um, we are also thinking about women who may not own smart smartphones, who may not have access to computers. So we have to ensure that we have a mechanism that allows them to still apply from afar. So... In the last three months of 2023, um, in the first three months, rather, um, 
of 2023, 11 women were killed, 17 attempted murders of women were reported, and 118 rape cases occurred daily in South Africa. So does these tougher laws actually work to protect women? And, and how effective have these laws been in fighting gender-based violence since its inception? We must remember that laws are reactive in nature, so they, they, they come well after the fact. And what we judge our laws by is our ability to implement them when called upon to do so. Mm. But I don't think we can prosecute ourselves out of two things, out of corruption and out of um, gender-based violence. I think there needs to be a bigger, bigger um, introspection by society around how we conduct ourselves, particularly as men. And, and out of the examples, Elvis, that I've highlighted, you know, uh, of prosecutions by the National Prosecuting Authority, where we have seen very high sentences, we're talking about a boyfriend, we're talking about a father, we're talking about a stepfather. These are people that are known to the victims. These are people mm-hmm. that are in a very intimate relationship with the victims most of the time. And so clearly it shows that there's something deeply, deeply problematic about our own moral fiber. I mean, we're not talking about people who are very distant from these people. And maybe the case of Lusiki Siki, where we speak about it, a rapist, serial rapist, is slightly different. But at least seven of the cases that I've mentioned, these are people who are directly linked to the victim. So what does it tell us? Mm. It tells us that you know, there needs to be a systemic mind shift um, like in men, in the men's world in particular against against women. And, and we need to ensure that we educate men to understand that they're not entitled to women's bodies. But when we do, invite, when we do evaluate the law, I think we should val, um, evaluate the law more on the premise of um, how effective it is in actually getting these cases to court and how quickly have these cases been prosecuted. Mm-hmm. But I think to us, for us to say the law in and of itself is a deterrent, maybe it's not, especially in gender-based violence offenses. Uh, oftentimes the perpetrators are too close to the victims and the law can't get inside your house and stop you from committing, yeah. from raping your own daughter, for example. Tough laws. President Soren Raposa added yesterday that his administration wanted to see bail denied to those charged in gender-based violence-related cases and life sentences to those who kill women. So what is the likelihood of this coming into effect? These laws are in effect, in effect as we speak now. Here's some of the examples that I've given you. Of, of life sentences, six life sentences, mm. life and imprisonment for some uh, people who have raped and, and killed them. Um, and also the stricter bail laws are that, uh, indeed, where there's a rape uh, accusation, um, it, it is very difficult for one to get bail. The prosecutor must actually grant permission or must, must automatically oppose, rather. And where the prosecutor doesn't oppose, um, there has to be an investigation as to why the prosecutor has not opposed. Mm-hmm. There's a number of listeners, because we're asking that very same question, uh, they're asking about the question, what about men's rights? Uh, are, they not, uh, do, are they not equal before the law as well? Men are equal before the law, but uh, of course we've seen that uh, in this instance, uh, most of the time men are the perpetrators of a lot of these violent crimes against women. Like I've just highlighted uh, the examples I've given you, father, boyfriend, stepfather. And so, of course, the law needs to be seem to be done and it needs to be effective. But I don't think these laws are designed to at all oppress men. And I think that lens is a problematic one. There's no way are men being oppressed by ensuring that where a woman calls upon or where a woman can prove that uh, I've been violated in a particular way, where the state proves it, we need to put away 
such danger at individuals, lest we start condemning rapists and all of that kind. Crispin, I thank you so much for your time. That was Crispin Perry, spokesperson for the Ministry of Justice and Correctional Services. You are listening to First Take SA on SAFM.